This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. It's alongside me as always. Let's go, don't wait. It's Mitch Doyle. G'day everybody. And this night's almost over, Delroots. It is. It is. Uh, I've, I've had, a, had a successful evening cooking and here we all are. Congratulations Thank on your you. success. Yes. I knew that song as well. well I'm just going really mainstream for the finals. I really need uh, everyone to no, know my song. No, no, let me let me think I'm a, actually a pop punk music nerd that I never was. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, <you> are. <laughs> that was a deep cut from Blink-182. A very, de- a very <laughs> niche track called First Date. Um, yeah. one, of their, one of their B-sides from um, one of their earlier albums, actually. Now we'll get you one of those um stud bracelet things, and we'll dive. We'll get you some frosted tips. It'll look great. I mean, good. I'm glad. I did want Dale, those as a blonde like the, kid when I was like ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dale, you can be like the brooding one that just sort of stands in the background. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Good brooding in general. Brooding in general. <laughs> just love having a brood. Can't get enough. Um, and we can't get enough. Podcasting. That's why we're back doing another one. Footy. How good. Yeah, rugby league, the sport of kings. Um, so, in case you missed it on the weekend, the South Sydney Rabbitohs won again. They're now two wins from a premiership. So, without any further ado, let's get into the questions, which I assume are all about South Sydney being two wins away from a premiership. Can we ban- can we mute him, Mitch? You're, you're running the Zoom. <laughs> we could, but uh, I like South, so I'm in. Anyway, oh. for now, until Wayne leaves, I'll hate them again. Anyway, questions. Are you serious? We're going to have any questions. Questions over on Patreon. Uh, I love good... Zoom because I can visibly see you struggling to read. It's great. Excuse me. You can visibly <laughs> see me nailing it to read. <laughs> uh, so Michael Gregg said, our good friend Shanta, when the momentum of the unstoppable South juggernaut carries them to another grand final, will Bungard admit momentum is real? Oh, good question. Well... I mean, haven't the last couple of games taught us that it's not? Because in both of those games, Souths were down by a trillion points, and if momentum existed, they would have just lost. But instead, they came back and won. And they're not more comfortable when they're down, the chasing games. Is there not momentum in their, fav- in their favor? Well, I would have assumed, Mitchell, that the overwhelming momentum of Parramatta scoring 18 unanswered points into half time would have carried them through to glory, but it didn't. So, so what broke the momentum half time? Yeah, okay. What about the Knights game then? <laughs> oh, no, no. We explained the Knights one. It was the sledge. The sledge broke the momentum. Exactly. And Mitch, well, Mitch Moses broke that momentum against the post. Well, <laughs> <laughs> one, one of you needs to... <laughs> momentum, <laughs> momentum that, rebounded. It's like, momentum is the footy hitting the post. And it's like, um, Mitch Moses is bungard. <laughs> yeah. Is what you're saying, is what you're saying that Although momentum is like inertia? Yes, sure. Um, to answer Shanda's question, if we win the grand final, I will say anything non-libelous that you want. Oh, God. I forgot to mention when Ooh. dissing Mitch Moses earlier was about his stupid, that stupid uh, article when they called him, like the, they were learning from the uh, NRL God, Moses' 10 Rugby League Commandments. Oh, get late points. It was yeah. number eight. <laughs> I mean, they did get late points. They got yeah. late points scored on them. Yeah. It's just, you know. Hey, they one specific try. buzz. But... Yeah, that unfortunately, the boys the boys hit some fine form of both spite retweeting and making fun of the roosters on the weekend. It was great. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, when there's only ten commandments. There isn't time to put in. Don't hit the post like a goddamn fraud and lose a grand, lose a big finals game when your team goes the other way and stand there yelling at the referee with your arms to the side. 
That wasn't. Why that would have been. A, that would have been a whole tablet. That's a long commandment. It's like when Darius Boyd used to yell at free all the time. Like, dude, why? What are you yelling at? Why are your arms to the side? Nothing happened. Should it, someone needs to dub the audio from Happy Gilmore where he yells, "Are those goals regulation size or what?" Over the top as he's yelling yeah, at the ref. It's like should you be yelling at Gutherson's hands potentially? <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to the next question. Carlo Tyson. Despite all the shit we give him, are players like Clint Gutherson and the character he brings good for the game? If so, why? Yeah, yeah he. I mean, he, I, I agree. I think he is. He's he he's you know, he feels good column inches. He's good talent. You know, like he's relatively funny. Like, t- say what it, say what you want about him, but like it's it's the kind of kind of characters like that that the game needs. Like. It, yeah, you, you'll always have a laugh, and he's the kind of player that, like, it, at the end of the day, remembers that. Like, it, I know they're well-played athletes and all that kind of stuff, but like, sports meant to be fun, you know. Obviously, it's yeah, their job never, and all that kind of thing. I mean, I think the three of us unanimously have always been sort of pro flair players in sports. You know, mm. flipping home runs. You know, um, like shots, high stepping into the end zone, things like that. Goal celebrations in soccer, like all that stuff's great. It's all awesome. Like, and give me. Give me like give me a dozen people like that who show that on the field or whatever who might have a bit of attitude on the field over like a bunch of robots or you know a bloke who is like good and very by the book on the on the field but has a long rap sheet of indiscretions off the field. So yeah, and yeah, like I, he, I mean, I he's, go on, sorry, man. Ill will against Clint Gutherson just because he does a stupid dance every time he scores a try. No, I agree. Uh, if you remember, I did argue in his favour last year to get that contract, the money. I thought he deserved the money. He's one of the better fullbacks in the competition. But my turn on him has not even been... It's not his fault. Just like when I turned on Kalen for a while there, Kalen Ponger, it's like the goddamn king thing. Fuck off. Kills me. That, that's Kills all it is. Kills me. Yeah. We, what's the origin of that, though? Like, Andrew Johns. Him... Why? I don't know, but... So I did look this origin up and John's dubbed it him the king in like the middle of 2018 or so. And it didn't really like, you know, catch on to like last year. But it's kind of like how Brandon Smith got caught. He called him the cheese. That's a good one. That one's stuck. See, cheese is fine. Yeah, because he was like the wombat, if you remember at first, Brandon Smith was. But he then was. Andrew Johns has said they call, he called him the cheese and they were like, why is it? He just looks like cheese. Which is a spacey thing to say, but it's great. Yeah, but that also, works. And the other issue is like the king is possibly the most, other than maybe Fatty or the Chief, like the most famous rugby league nickname. Agreed. So, yes. And it's and, and like, yeah, as as you said, like the cheese, like the cheese is not an honorific. Like you don't call the best player of all time no, that's the true. cheese. The cheese. Like, you know, that's like, that's fine. And like Joey and Freddie, like Freddie. Freddie's nickname was because no one knew who he was when he started playing at Penrith. Great That's how he got his nickname. Um, and like Joey, you know, Joey, there's, there's alliteration there. Like, but King, come on, come on. We're yeah. better than this. Again, that's always been the problem with it. And yeah, the King like that. It's like, it's not even ironic because he's not bad enough to, for it to be a good name. Yeah. It's just, no, he's just not the King. That's it. That's when I started turning on the King thing. And that obviously those guys are good for the game. Just because I don't like them, a bit of a loser who sits in his bedroom watching rugby league all the time. Doesn't mean it's not good for the game in general. Sad you that know? you've described me this way, but yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, Shunder's back. He says, Wayne Bennett isn't watching any Penrith games. So do we care to speculate what he is watching? I reckon he's parked on nine gem watching reruns of Diagnosis Murder and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I'd say he's watching Murder She Wrote, so we're pretty close. Good shout. Uh, Poirot. Yep. Yeah, Poirot. Um, 
cops uh, strikes me as like a, a like an NCIS guy. Cops is too lowbrow for him, and NCIS this the NCIS is too modern. Yeah, that is true. There's that there's, woman with all the makeup in the forensics department. Yeah, that is true. People of color they wouldn't approve of that. Mm. Um, he's more of an old school Law and Order, the OG one with Jerry Orbach and Sam Waterston. Good shout. And right. we all, even maybe even with Vincent D'Onofrio, spe- uh, Criminal Intent. Yeah, mm, uh, old school. I did love how much that rustled them again. It's like, come on, like again, c- c- credit. Like, Penrith, come on. I know it's like just you know, sometimes coach, sometimes coaches will say that stuff because it's part of their process. Like, oh, I haven't watched Penrith yet because I've, I'm up to like you know, generally going into a weekend of a game, the coach is playing on game day anyway, right? And then they spend the next week watching the team they're about to play. Most of the time, spend is watching the next opponent. Or the opponent the week after, like so they haven't got like they rewatch those games. They haven't got time generally to watch all eight games on a weekend. Coaches don't. It doesn't work like that, like we do. So it's not like it. But Penrith fans took it as a massive knock. Come on, like, and get, also, get over might, it. He may have somebody watching them for him. Well, that's what they do that as well. But it's like exactly. Yeah, it's if you're a coach of a team, you haven't got. You're supposed to invest your time in that team. Yeah, but not hard. Sorry, yeah. guys, can't run you under the paddock. I've got to watch uh, round four. Yeah, look, sorry, boys. I know. Yeah, I know. We've got a game in two hours. I'm at the game now, but I have to watch the Penrith game in the earliest. I'm watching because... the three minute uh, clip on uh, <laughs> on the KO app because they, they are appointment viewing. I'm gonna have to take time out of my weekend now, rather than prepare when we play them. I'm gonna have to watch them instead of yeah. do this, dickheads. Anyway, Harvey G. If the 2020 Lakers were sent back in time to play 96 balls, what would be the smallest margin of victory when the Lakers swept them? Good question, Harvey. Twelve. Well. LeBron James is the on-court and off-court goat, so he would give them a polite gentleman's sweep and let them win one game, four-one. It is in like, <laughs> and like Jordan stands have lost all credibility to be rational or to like have any sort of say in any of these arguments. When like, like a third of Americans in this poll in like 2015 said that Jordan could beat LeBron one-on-one in 2015. Yeah, like. Current fifty-three-year-old Michael Jordan or whatever. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting take. I'll give them that. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are insane. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, oh, but they played real defense. It's like, yeah, and LeBron's bigger and stronger than all of them, so he can also play real defense. I mean, again, we watched some videos the other day, and I know the '90s themselves actually had a defensive period. Mm. But there was a video again. Uh, Simon mentioned this. Uh, I can't even remember his name. The guy was an all-star in the '80s. I put up his videos on YouTube and it was hilarious. I literally watched them put layups up. But that, it's one of those things that I don't even like getting into the good arguments anyway that often. It's just, as we always agree, it's like there's going to be someone better than LeBron James in 20 years as well. This yeah. is how this works. There's going to be. But the, the, the most annoying part of those arguments is that there's an impossible pedestal that Le, 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 LeBron can never hit in their head. Le, Jordan is the GOAT. That is it. Undisputed. doesn't matter yeah. who does what or anything. And that's why you're a moron. Because you yeah. just think that can't be hit. That was a level that yeah. cannot be hit. Losing, getting swept in the first round of the playoffs doesn't matter, but losing in the finals does. Does. I remember I was having this having this uh, kind of thought process the other day about, and Mitch, your your take about like the the impossible pedestal. Like I don't think it's possible to ever have, especially in a game that's evolved as much as basketball has, but. Like, I don't think it's possible to have a greatest of all time. Like, and I know that the whole, like, oh, he could beat him now, blah, blah, blah. Like, that that doesn't really wash with me. But, like, there are cle- there's clearly that LeBron will be, the, like, arguably, 
sorry, is already arguably like he will be the greatest player of the 2010s. Just like, for example, you know, you could say that player X was the greatest player of the tw- of the 2000s and that Jordan was the greatest player of the 1990s. Um, yeah, I agree with that as well. I don't um, think that's, I don't think that's hard. Like you can say now that like Cam Smith could be the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Not a problem. I think you've got to try and keep it to eras, but I will concede yeah. that Michael definitely the sort of the most influential player of all time. Like, he's, he's arguably the most influential athlete of all time. Yeah, no, totally agree yeah. with that. I don't think that can be questioned, but, yeah, but the best, give me a break. Also yeah, like questionable. Yeah, you, saw that, you saw that clip went viral a couple of days ago of, um, LeBron like shoving Tyler Hero out of the way when he was driving to the hoop. Mm. Um, everyone was like, "Oh, look at look at him like shoving this 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 fly this gnat to the ground." And so, I, out of curiosity, I looked it up. In the eighties, Tyler Hero would have been taller and heavier than the average player at his position. Yeah, and LeBron looked like a fly. So, give me a break on this. Like, oh, guys yeah. in the eighties, real deep. Like, I mean, and Shaq. Like, I mean, you look at Shaq then. And the fact, like, he was that much bigger than everybody. And I remember, like, looking back at when Shaq first burst onto the scene and people being like, holy shit, look at the size of this bloke. Mm. And I know that LeBron isn't as big, like, as tall or as broad as him, but, like, LeBron is as good, a like, as a physical specimen. You look at him and you just go, holy shit, now. And he's, yeah. what, like, 34? Yeah. 35. Yeah. 35? I don't know why they hate him, dude. That's the thing. They mumble some nonsense about the decision as though, like, the worst thing a person ever did was yeah. have a charity special on television which raised, like, a million dollars for the... I think it was, like, the Boys and Girls Club of America or something where they announced what team they were going for. Going to, yeah. sorry. Which then apologized a couple of years later for anyway. That's not the only thing they can come up with because he's never yeah. had a single court scandal. He's never had a, really had any sort of dirty players on the court either. How is he, he playing big... baseball, though? Huh? Well, the... Oh, yeah, Has he no. been in Space Jam? That that thing that's the part that gets one of the things that get me the most is a few, but I don't care if you think Jordan's a goat. Enjoy. There's a dumb argument here, like you're saying, Bungard. I, I hate that one where people are like, oh, LeBron cares too much about his legacy and he cares too much XYZ as if Jordan didn't, who obviously gave a shit about his legacy the whole time he always did. And these weird things about how LeBron said X or Y, oh my God, the losers on Twitter or Instagram. It's like, that's what modern athletes are. You think Jordan yeah. would have done all these things? Jordan was marketing him. Like, he has a shoe goddamn company. You don't think if he was around right now, he'd be an Instagram whore? Yeah. He'd be on the gram every day. He was good at marketing himself. That's why everyone knows who he is. Yep. You idiots. You and don't I mean, think he he'd be doing the same what, things LeBron's doing or better? When did he retire? When did Jordan retire? 1999 was his the final se- season? The 17th time? You talk about, which time yeah, was well, what was his, what was, when was Jordan's final season in the NBA? 99-2000, I think. Yeah, 2000. He like um, I mean the point that you make about his his marketing himself like he retired twenty years ago and obviously two thousand and three last year two thousand three sorry oh, really? so oh, yeah. seventeen years ago he retired seventeen years ago and a football team in France is wearing his logo mm. yeah yeah point. like no but oh man but in, in, you know LeBron's always on Instagram and saying these things yeah because he gets these guys traded and stuff it's like Michael Jordan punched Scott uh, Steve Kerr in the face. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? So that one, it's like, <laughs> just give up and accept that Le- Jordan, LeBron is a good human. Yeah, that's a dumb argument to even ba- base it on those two off-the-court thing. And the t- Instagram and social media, modern athletes, dumb. But the other one, I hate Bungard. Again, I don't care about comparing the two of them, who you thought was better. Go ahead. But I hate the one where they try to compare who is better based on the rest of the league. Because, like, you were a goddamn moron if you thought any league and any, any large sport was better Quality-wise, all the way down the top, 20 years ago than it is now. There's less people. Numbers don't work like that. 
There's more globalization. There's more people playing basketball than there was then. And even if you go back now, one of the best things I saw this week when I saw a quote from Dennis Rodman, I'd never seen it, but after they won 70 wins, games of the season, sorry, or whatever it was, it says here, Bulls forward Dennis Rodman, for one, won't be impressive if Chicago smashes the NBA record of 69 wins in a season, nice. set by a great Lakers team in the 70s. Rodman said, this league is so watered and filtered down, we can beat pretty much anybody with our, eye closed, or with our eyes closed. That's incredible. If you look at the I overall picture, it is like, if you look at the overall picture, it is diluted. Why have I never heard that quote? That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, but even the guys playing with him were like saying yeah, this league's pretty shit and easy. Which is yeah, fine. Like, the Jordan still has to win the fucking thing. But same with rugby league. Like you might wax lyrical for the seventies and eighties and stuff, but if you think the average like bench forward in the seventies was as good as like Keon Kalamatangi, you're a moron. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, and that's it, man. And, and also the other arguments, all that that's the one that gets me the most. Like, yeah. The league was not better. You can Jordan still had to yeah, win it. He no, did what I Jordan did what he had to do. You can argue that individual players were mm-hmm. better because of like how dominant they were, but you cannot argue that sports in general were better an era ago than they are now. Players are better, yeah. And I do enjoy the one now. It's a soft west now. You hear that, Bunga? Now he won on the soft west. It was a soft east conference. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, anyway, next question. We could be about this for ages, but uh, we could. Oh, I did, actually, I'll say that. I did have a funny. I'm wearing it now. My LA LeBron's shirt. I do like that top. Yes, just LeBron shirt. And um, it's I very went, good. I went to the servo yesterday after the game. And I was wearing it, and um, I or you know I was I went to the counter, and the guy, the Indian guy, goes to me, "How good was Rajon? T- no, sorry, Rajon was crazy today, man." He says, and I'm not firstly not I'm not actually a Lakers fan, right? So it doesn't click to me. Secondly, not remembering what I'm wearing, I'm just like, "Who the fuck is Rajon? And what are you saying to me?" <laughs> but I go, I was like, I was like, okay, I said, "Excuse me, what?" And he goes. Rajon was insane today, man. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying to me over here? And I slow down again. I'm like, sorry, what are you saying to me? And he goes, Rondo, he was out of his mind today, my brother. And I was like, Rondo, the Lakers. But right. One of those moments, like 20 seconds, my brain was melting. Like, who the fuck do you think I am? Who is Rajon? Waiting for him. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, that's not, it would, anything more disappointing when you see someone wearing like a piece of American sporting attire and you try to interact with them in it and they're just like, oh, I just wear it for fashion. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, you it like, were that good bag, Mitchell. But I, I did watch the game. I was like, oh, yeah, Rondo was good. He scored, you know, he scored over 10 points for the first time in like ever. You know, <laughs> as a like, I uh, he had a good game. Yeah. But I was very embarrassed by myself and for him, as you said. Yeah, you've become one of those guys. Next, you'll wear a Chicago Bulls hat with a Lakers top. Ridiculous. Yeah, no one calls him Rajon though, right? It's like Rajon Rondo or Rondo. Mm. Yeah. One so of my favorite players. Yeah. Um, anyway, next question. Harvey G. Is the apex of what this Eels team can achieve as presently constituted or does the spine and core elements of supporting cast just need another year to gel? Run it back or blow it up. Please name, make sure your answer is in the form of slandery halfbacks named Mitch. <laughs> Um, I don't think you can find someone better on the market right now. So I think you've just got to run it back and hope that Dylan Brown has another gear. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. And you're not going to find anything else from Mitch Moses. Like we, we rip on Mitch Moses a lot, man, but there's not some guy out there no. that's better than Mitch Moses. Yeah. But speaking of finding some gear, Michael Jennings. Yeah, we um, we, we didn't... 
we didn't do a news segment on the previous pod, so we probably need to mention. I can't believe I woke up on Saturday morning already incredibly confident of a win to read that story. Blew my goddamn mind. Um, but I, I, it is quite sad, but it, it's one of the rare cases where you read it and everyone was just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because this guy was like <laughs> what years ago, like wa- and then washed. He was like good again, and so everyone was kind of just like, yeah, you know what? This uh, yeah, like, it was like it wasn't like Bron- like Bronson Chariot was weird, like it really took everyone aback because he was like nineteen or whatever. But like in this case, everyone everyone collectively, when the news broke on Twitter, was just kind of like, yeah. And I, I totally get why he did it too, because like his yeah. career was over if he didn't do it. He did it. He came back. He got paid. He wouldn't have that money. I'm not mad at you, Michael. I don't care. Mm. I mean, I mean, I'd care if they ended up winning a premiership on behalf of him, and then it got found out later. That wouldn't be cool. But no harm, no foul. Get paid. That's it, and you're done. And as you said, it was one of those times. It's like everyone's like, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. But then you actually, a lot of times, you find a guy like Bronson Cherry. We've not seen non-performance enhancing drug Bronson Cherry. We have seen Jennings before it. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, this is what they do. This is why oh, they're called performance enhancing. Right. They, uh, they do this thing, and it's called enhancing performance. <laughs> ah. and, and that uh, <laughs> it happened. And he looked, he looked like his old self, and it made sense. And then I just thought, like, imagine if we took the drugs off Bronson Cherry. That man would brick for hands. How bad <laughs> he, would, he would be. But yeah, that's uh, great. Unfortunate for Jennings, but that's what I was going to mention for them. Like, next year, I do think, you know, they're not going to get rid of Blake Ferguson. But I think most of it, you run it back with most of it. But they, they definitely need something else in that back line. Like, Wanga Blake, I know he's an athlete. I just don't rate him that much. Takarangi letting go. Uh, you know, our, our mate Sivo uh, is awesome. Gutho had a good year. But the rest of that, there's, you've got to find another game breaker. You've got to hope Sammy comes back, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to. Well, I would love that. Sammy and Sivo on the wings, but they've got to find another game breaker. That four pack does its job. And I think most yeah. of it's all contracted. So they, I mean, I don't know what you'd do, but like they should be. I mean, I don't know what you could do in terms of like you probably you can't really you can't play Ferguson in the centers. I don't think, but mm. they might want to sound the storm out about Ado Car. Yeah, but I don't might, know. They could hit you guys up about James Roberts. Okay, so that was my next suggestion as well. If, depending on how Roberts is going with his rehab and stuff, he's another one that if he does, if if in if Souths do win the next two games and there's just no spot for him next year, he's another guy who could perhaps they, benefit from change of scenery as well. So I don't know. And the other large hole for them is that bench forward. We mentioned earlier how they yeah, have just garbage on Saturday, wasn't they, it? They need someone to come off the bench who can give them reliable minutes and meters every week. And I, I wouldn't be against as well. Like, like you've got to keep RCG, Paulo, Lane, Madison, run it back. If you could find a way to somehow swap Nathan Brown for another middle, I don't know why someone would do it, but maybe you could. I wouldn't be against it either, even though Brown's been great for them, just because he's injury prone, and I think they can pop, they can maybe find better. I don't know. Yeah, but, but yeah, I would have get for them. But oh well. Yeah, I, I just yeah they do need another bench player. Andrew Davies signed with um the Seals too, so he was looking pretty good the back end of the year. He's gone. Kane Evans is gone, and they lost. I forget the young fella's name. They lost to the um the Tigers, but a good young forward, Stefano, and I can't say his last name. But they've got to really run it back. Like I mean, what other option do they have? Find like the 18th or 19th best guy at Souths or the Roosters and sign them. Mm. Why not? <laughs> like, uh, go find, go get Lin, like Nat Butcher or Tom Amone or someone. Like I don't know, who cares? I'll put Ryan Madison back where he belongs at lock until he bitches and leaves. We'll put him there, and you go get Angus Crichton from the Roosters if they don't want him because they're. Do the Raiders have any more players? 
They have heaps. Yeah, that we don't know of. Tell you what, those are two signs they could have used. Harawira mm. and Ira, whatever you think of him off the field, but Harawira and Ira and Ryan James, they could have used those two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to. James, James is on peanuts as well. Yeah. Are they going to have. Well, well, where do Horsburgh and Hudson Young fit into that rotation next year when Ryan James is there as well? Is, is Louis going around again? Yeah, I believe so. So you do make a good point. There probably is a player available there. So, you see, Soliola just signed for another two years as well, from memory. You, there's plenty of teams with like Canberra, particularly Canberra. Like that, that's a great suggestion as well in terms of a team that has a lot of surplus in in those forward positions. So, I mean, there's always options, but yeah, they, they've got a. They just need a couple more weapons. Particularly, I don't know where you like strike outside backs don't grow on trees. If they got semi back, that would solve a lot of issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, next question. Oh, no. Anyway, Carlo Tyson. Noting the Lakers were given the perfect conditions to win a ship and struggled to beat a pack of plumbers from Miami, would Jordan's 98 Bulls sweep the 23 Lakers by an average margin of 20, 30, or 40? <laughs> Carlo, when Bad your debate. statue goes up, we're going to go and pull it down like we're civilians in Saddam Hussein's Iraq. Yeah, I'm very pro of that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Can I beat it with my shoe? <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I gotta throw my shoes at, at fucking Joey Johns. Don't do that. Okay, and then Harvey's next question. He's, but says, just for the record, also that bloke who threw the shoe at George Bush is on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he is too. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, Harvey G's back again. He says, having not selected David Clemmer and picked Baron Gutherson to play in the centers, which well, that's rumored to me. Is Brad Fittler a Getting ready to throw this year's origin due to an understanding of how, uh, sorry, God damn it, understanding how un- important underdog Murray victories are to interest in the concept, or B, just out of his goddamn mind. Uh, Freddie's out of his goddamn mind because I think you, when you put Gutherson in the centres, you take away almost all the things he's good at, all the things he's good for. You know, a lot of his support play, pushing to the middle, his ball playing, that all goes in the centres. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Clemmer not picking was ridiculous as well, but I just feel like last year made some selection decisions mistakes too, but the Queensland side hasn't been good enough to punish them. Maybe with Wayne they will be. Well, with Bron- Queensland might be picking the Lee Cousins, which would be goddamn great. I think, I think that's been Campo's dream for about a decade, so so that's good. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I think it's his out of your goddamn mind. Can't disagree. And there is but- rumours, uh, Bunga did mention this, Dale. There is, sorry, confirmation that Cody Walker is going to play well, not confirmation. Word he's going to play six. So he's back in the shot for origin. Mm. Could be call over Luke Keery. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I often like picking players who want to play for the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that for me, that's a big part of wanting to have players on my team. Just <laughs> wanting to be in their workplace. Yeah. Okay, next question. Matty McP says, I found myself feeling sympathy for Clint Gutherson at times during that game. Next What's question, wrong with move me? on. <laughs> uh, Andy Valente, when Guffo is man of the match in game one of origin, how triggers will Tigers fans base be on the scale of one to KD stands after LeBron's speech today? Well, why would Tigers fans be... Okay, I'm guessing Tigers... I've missed this. I'm guessing Tigers fans must be shitty. Guffo's got the origin squad at centre and Nofa didn't get in on the wing. Potentially. I don't know. I'm ignore. I ignore all that. I um. I I was wondering why you were talking over me and not responding to me for like last minute and a half, but I bumped the mute button on my computer. 
I oh. saw you were on mute, and I thought you did it on purpose. <laughs> no, it was an accident. My com- my computer screen was gonna f- go to sleep while I was leaning back, so I bumped the keyboard yeah. with my toe, but I bumped the space bar, and it's um. Well, there you go. Well, have you got any Cody Walker takes while we're here? Oh uh, yeah, no. I was gonna say that um, the, the the thing that's come out is that um, Freddie's considering using Kiri, Cleary, and Walker all three of them in some sort of rotation because the games are so close together. But I agree with Dale in that I just wouldn't pick Luke Kiri because he doesn't want to play for New South Wales. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then this one, uh, I didn't see KD stands after LeBron's speech. What are KD stands? Will fans be on the cascade one to KD stands at LeBron's speech today? This is my wheelhouse. Yeah, whatever. I'm out. I'm out. Chris says, do you think wingers, center, second rowers should have designated numbers based on whatever side of the field they play on? What was that? Sorry? He says, well, do you think wingers, centers, and back rowers should have numbers based on whatever side field they play on? In theory, oh, they're meant to. I better say, Dale, they do have designated numbers. Yeah, no one they're uses meant to them. at least. Yeah. Like they, they don't use them. Like, and no, I'm of the other opinion of it. it shouldn't matter what fucking number you're wearing. What is the opposite <laughs> of this? Yeah. I mean, if you can't watch them attack on the left side of the field and not know which side of the field the back row is playing on, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and that's um exactly right. And then you, yeah. There's, they have designated jersey numbers already. Teams don't give a shit. Exactly. Like you're supposed to be left center. Like in or it actually happens in Origin sometimes. They actually line up in the way they're supposed to line up because I think teams care a little bit more there. It's like one one thing that I really like. This is a little bit of a tangent, but one thing that I really like is uh, the England football team will always line up one to t- one to eleven. Uh, their starting lineup in in well, it's meant to be their starting lineup in every game, in every international match. It's meant to be one to eleven on the pitch. Goalkeeper wears number twelve or thirteen of reserve goalkeeper. Because mm. um, like Calvert Lewin started for England against Belgium this week and wore number nine, and then Kane came off the bench in number twenty, even though Kane is theoretically the captain, but he's not in great form at the moment. So like at every tournament. Um, a lot of the home nation teams, especially, so like England, Scotland, the Republic of Ireland, they'll always line up one to eleven in their first game, and then from there, basically, if they get injuries, they'll they'll fill uh, from there. But yeah, as you say, I mean, in in Origin and especially in internationals, um, teams will often line up one to thirteen in kind of their their traditional positions. Which yeah. you know, if you if you're gonna have if you're gonna have numbers, you kind of you have to go balls to the wall. You kind of have to be tri- purely traditional about it. But as we've stated on this show more times than I've had hot teas, um, you know, we are very uh, pro individual jersey numbers. But I'm with you. I'm pro individual jersey numbers, but keeping tradition for the internationals and Oregon. Yeah. But, and if you didn't know, by the way, second, number two, so supposed to be right wing, three's right center, four's left center, five's left wing. And then in the forwards, again, it's supposed to be right second rower is 12, left second rower is 11. Yeah. Like it's... um. But you're meant to read it down because obviously it used to be that eight was lock because you read down the team sheet from number one, you read facing the goal that you're defending. So you have one at fullback, two, three, four, five across the line, six and seven. Yeah, mm. as he said. And then you have left and right, second row, so edge back. Rows. I don't know why the number 11 is a left second row and 12 is right second row, considering two and three, whatever. But who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway because no one uses them. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Hey Deadhead. He says, South's attack has been the highlight of the last few weeks, and rightfully so. But will their defense hold up against Dylan the Dozer Edwards? <laughs> Dylan the Dozer I mean, makes no, me I, I'm, I've been worried about their defense 
but like for most of the year, I mean, the Roosters couldn't really score on them because I mean, South literally had the ball for the entire game in that 68. Yeah. Um, but in those other two games, yeah, we saw both teams have large, uh, sorry, not large chunks, small chunks of time where they scored large amounts of points. Um, mm. And that is obviously a concern when you come up against a quality team like Penrith. Um, what was the result on the weekend? It was 38 to 24. Yeah, but they scored 18 of those points in like a seven-minute window. Exactly. That so, was going to be my point. Is like if 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 Penrith score 18 points and just blow you out of the water, like I know that obviously the Parramatta kind of dead in the water after about half an hour, but like if Penrith can score 20, 18, 24 points and then like I'm you know shut you out, you don't need to be Pythagoras to work out that that's not going to end up well for South. No, no, it won't. But yeah, the the question therefore is really whether either team can have it put a defensive stand together, and we know that like we were discussing previously that the whole spin it thing could work for South, especially if Penrith kind of jolt up out of the line. But yeah, um, I mean, I just don't. If this game comes down to South needing to repel goal line set after goal line set, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose badly. What if Josh Papali signed for Penrith? Well, I mean, yeah, but they don't need Josh Papali though. Like, like, our goal on defense is not very good. This is They're just good at everything this is a valid else. Point, yes. So they just need to ensure that that's not the case. Like basically, if, as long as Corey Allen doesn't drop the ball on bombs and they don't give away any silly penalties or six agains, then it should be fine. Yeah, with you there. Uh, next question comes from Dave. He says, "In all the talks of Isaiah Yo and his ilk, has Joe Joseph Tarpane been forgotten in terms of the most improved player?" And have Boyd Corner's boots been found after Tarpanay stepped him out of the out of them on Friday night? <laughs> well, Joe Tarpanay is now New South Wales captain. I believe that's the rules. I was also going to say, like, <laughs> a word is that Luke Keary is actually still spinning around looking for a green ghost out in the middle of the SCG. Yeah, was, uh, not, not great from Keary. Yeah, no, no, that was, was probably the sign of concussion. That's when he spit about fourteen <laughs> times. What did what did what was it? <laughs> Jeez, what was it? Jeez, Josh Papali slimmed down. <laughs> Okay. Um, anyway, what was the actual question there? Well, I mean, yeah, Tarpane has been left out of uh, most improved. I also think Tarpane, people thought he'd be better the whole time, which makes it harder for people to say he's improved the most because people expected him to be this good a long time ago. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. And I mean, also, he's not, he's not like uh, racially abusing people. So the Raiders definitely won that trade. <laughs> Dave allegedly, allegedly. Says, with the Raiders making three plums in the last five years after having not made one since 1994 and while having a few superstars in the roster can we safely say Ricky Stewart is actually a good coach mm-hmm. yes yeah I think he's definitely he's, he's come a long way put it that way yeah you can fluke a year or two you cannot fluke that many seasons mm. okay next question uh, Wayne Ritchie what do we make of the Roosters' exit? It seemed a few players, namely Josh Morris, Tupanua, and Louis Isaac Liu, sorry, shout, showed real tiredness by the last few rounds. And three straight losses at the end of the season is so not what we're used to seeing from them. Is it simply three in a row, or is it just not achievable in this uh, sample? Sorry, is it? I mean, simply three and not achievable in the salary cap era. God, that was written tough for me. Well, I mean, it, of course, I mean, of course, it is because we all, we said two in a row wasn't achievable until the Roosters did it, and. Mm. You know, as bad as they were in the last couple of weeks, I mean, if Cooper Cronk's a year younger, we're probably not having this conversation. No. 
Like if, if Cooper Cronk had been the seven this year instead of Kyle Flanagan, we're not talking about this right now. We're talking about the Roosters probably being one game away from another grand final, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, so, like, and, and I know we, we, we are loath to make crosswalk comparisons, but like from memory, two teams have gone back to back to back in the AFL in the last 20 years. So like salary capped Australian sporting leagues where there is a relatively small pool of players. Yeah. Like it's, it's obviously possible to go three in a row. And I know that the NRL hasn't had one since what, 81, 82, 83 with the Eels. So um, like it's, it's obviously a long, it feels a long way away after that performance and that kind of those three games in a row. But yeah, as you say, like if Kronk is fit and if Kronk wanted to play this year, there's, there's no reason why they couldn't be going for a three pay. Uh, Kyle, Flanagan, did... Kyle Flanagan is as bad as organizing a footy team as I am at <laughs> organizing my bloody clean clothes. Like, blokes all over the shop. Yeah. I, I do think he hit a, a, a sweet note there, though, mentioning how uh, the guys, like Josh Morris, for example, came off the boil. And I think I think Robinson would be disappointed in how that happened. A lot of guys look tired towards the end of the year because he does try really hard to, man- to manage their workloads. But, yeah, you know, I think there's com- factors of that the team looking tired, the team looking ready for this to end this year. But there's also factors like guys like Radley missing is massive. So much of what they do is based around him. No Cooper Cronk. There's a few things. And I think when they were really humming early in the year, we all just expected they'd be in the grand final again. You know, the expectations of the Roosters are so high that this is now a failure. And it's, it's, it's shit at end this way, but it happens to good teams in periods, of, you know, even in dynasty periods, it'll be that year of a blip on the radar. It just happens. Uh, Shantar, he says, question for Matt. When South Stream 1 continues, they dispatch a Penrith on Saturday night. Yep. Would you consider purchasing his grand final tickets? <laughs> Face value prices firm and no numb nuts offers. <laughs> um, the, only, like, the only reason I wouldn't, Shunter, is because obviously um, my, gr- I, I, my grandpa is, is not going to go to a sporting event right now in the current um, sort of COVID world. So if South win on Saturday... Um, I'll probably I will be watching the game at his house, but um, I, I'm I'm sure that I can I could definitely help you find a South fan to buy them off you for sure. Um, other thing to consider with Poppy Bungard is there's no long weekend this year, so Sunday is a school night. Great point, a very good point, Nate. <laughs> though, yeah, to be concerned. Uh, and the nuts on numb nuts offer is referring to my struggles of um going through used car sales recently, and you'll see people like on there an old combi literally I saw there was a car that was caught on fire or burned inside. And they're like price is firm. No time wasters. It's like, ma'am, you wasted my time me clicking on this goddamn ad. Very true. Yeah. Cause it was like the front of the car looked fine. And, but the rest of the car caught on fire. So the first photo looked fine, but the rest of the car was melted. <laughs> no numb nuts offers. Next Wait, question. was it like in it's was it like in it's always sunny where Dennis Reynolds tries to sell the car while it's in the ocean? Pretty close to that. Right? I'm telling you, this car was burnt. Like all <laughs> inside the whole interior at the back was melted, like proper melted and burnt. And yeah, but just firm prices, serious buyers only. <laughs> Warwick Ahern, what was the font used on James Tedesco's main Friday night? Well, Bungard, you can answer this one because I was very shocking to see you tweet. But secondly, the size of the font was obvious. <laughs> I let the boys down. Great idea. Rushed execution. Um, did okay. Would have done a lot better if I cropped the picture tighter. Um, I just used whatever fault font I had it set to on Microsoft Paint. I can pull it up. Hang on. 
Because yeah, I was wondering, was, uh, how did you get to a spot that it was so small? Were you, were you zoomed in when you... No, I hit... So I panicked, right? Because I'm like, this will be funny. And I was watching the game on my TV. So I had to come into my computer room, open KO, find the screenshot, hit print screen, paste it into Microsoft Paint, and then put the words on. But I didn't factor in that because I hit print screen on a full screen, like quite high res, um, like uh, screenshot that when I uploaded, like it would, that I forgot that it would be huge when people clicked on it on Twitter, which led to the small size of the fonts. Um, but it was just Arial. So, sorry. You're thinking <laughs> about it. There you go. Sorry, bro. Uh, M What's says, but... well, did another question. I got questions for you. Bunga. Oh, okay, go on. Please outline why and how you think South will roll the Panthers Saturday night. Um, by by, well, I I know that they're going to lose if they, if the bad habits that we saw in a couple of their losses to the likes of Canberra, Newcastle, and Penrith earlier in the year, uh, or or the Storm later in the year creep in. That is primarily ball security and ill discipline. I think they had two they had two simbins in that first game against Penrith. They couldn't hold on to the ball against Melbourne in the second half or at all in those Raiders and Newcastle games. Um. You can kind of probably throw those Raiders and Newcastle games out because they were with neither Corey Allen or Latron Mitchell at fullback. They were both with um, AJ at fullback. So, um, but the, the the main problem that Seattle will have is, as I said before, if um, if it turns into a, a a sort of arm wrestle type affair where they're just sort of kicking it back and forth to one another and and, and they're sort of preying on it being a sort of a penalty or an error at the back that opens it up for the other team and, and, and see us are then required to rely on their defense to win. I think they'll fall into a big hole there, but I don't think we'll see a game like that purely because of what we've talked about already in the sense that Seattle just aren't that team and Penrith aren't really that team either. So Seattle can win if they execute their set plays, if they can get early ball wide and if they can um, really stop those attacking kicks from, from Penrith. Corey Allen's going to have to have a huge game. And finally, hopefully shake off the demons from this game last year where he basically cost the outside grand final berth. And I believe in him. So, yeah. Good for you. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, oh, and then Dale and Mitch, please outline why it won't happen. Oh. Uh, I have a lot of concerns around um, South's copping lots of points in a row, um, as we mentioned earlier. Um, I hate to say it, but yeah, Corey, you're right. Corey Allen is a liability. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. He's not a liability. He's played really well. We're just worried that, like... He has. No, I agree with that. But um, my, my... Has he played a team that is this good that could target him as much as this, potentially? No, I don't think so. Um, no. My uh, my other concern is that South's just shit the bed. Um, and as, as hard as that is to kind of... Well, they've quantify. done it in the last two years in the prelims. So exactly. That's, that that yeah. definitely has formed. I don't, I don't want to... I, I wouldn't wish it on you as, as, as funny and as, as kind of schadenfreude rich as that would be. Um, obviously, you're, you're a mate of mine. As hard yeah, as that well, is to get five, out of my mouth. Five, five um, prelim losses in eight exactly. years is not going to be fun. Yeah, no. I, I don't want Souths to be the new Roosters because that was obviously what they were known for, for a good period of time. Um, but yeah, my, my big, my biggest concern, honestly, is just that South shit the bed. Um, and Penrith will come ready to play. They've had a week off. I know they don't have kick out. And obviously that left side is, has been humming in with him there. Um, but they also have weapons all over the field. Um, but it'll be a really, I think this is going to be an awesome game. It, Cause as you said, this is kind of like two teams. This is link and dark link. This is what, that's what it's, that's what it's at. You know, these are Pretty two much. teams 
that are very close to each other, that mirror each other. They play in slightly different styles, but they have very similar style, like lineups. Um, and I just want to, uh, in the words of Iron Chef, uh, you know, bang a gong, good, let's get it on. Uh, my perspective is they will lose because people aren't allowed to be happy. <laughs> that's it. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair enough criticism. <laughs> but yes, Penrith have been the best team all year. That's and their young enthusiasm and physicality are really what do with them. Anyway, M's last question says, "This off season, Vlandis says you can introduce any rule or standard from the NFL into NRL, whether it be how the clock operates, reviews, team sizes, extra, etc." What rule from the NRL do you bring? I mean, having having teams of 80 players would be interesting. There's a lot of potential here, but I'm going to take the question seriously in a rare <laughs> twist and not just say forward passes. But um, um, I'm going to say obvious one, jersey numbers. Yep. I like that. Good shout. So, so it wasn't the old racist owners? And no. More? Uh, oh, old more, racists? Yeah. We have enough of them. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do like. I think they've already trialed the new bunker review. I like their their reviews there. I would like to see the use of more flags from referees and players when the captain wants a challenge. He has to go to his pocket, pull out his, his flag, and throw it. So does this mean that all coaches are going to have to sit on the sideline like Ricky yes. Stewart does? Throw his flag in. He's not still playing. He'd he'd pinch it out of the other team's captain's pocket and just throw it for them. It'd be great. Also, I love timeouts. I know people hate them in sport, but I just love when any, the, the, you know, the, the emergency tea when you need a quick timeout. Can we just get some timeouts? Like two timeouts. Just so I'd see someone, you know, say, you know, you're on the attack, two, three minutes to go. You put a grubber in and you're down by six and the opposition fullback drops and you dive on the ball. You say, timeout. Just timeout, boys. <laughs> they just said here. That's all I want. Put it in there. Terrible idea for the speed of the concept for Peter Melendez. Idea, but sure. Why not? say? That's a dreadful idea, but why not? It is, but I, I always like that moment when you hear yeah, tie up boys just take a rest. No, because, wait, follow-up question from me. Yeah. Who would be the first player to call a timeout with no timeouts left? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> like every front Correct. row who drops Liam, the ball and just calls Liam timeout. Knight, Liam Knight, Jack Whiten, Tom <laughs> yep. Burgess, Joey Leilua. There's a lot of contenders here. Uh, my rule would be we would shorten the game, but the if the ball is kicked out deliberate, debil- deliberately, rather... Uh, the clock stops. Okay, like I've, got, I've got a new rule. I want holders for field goals. Oh, yes. You've got to go from dummy up back to a field goal holder. <laughs> He's got to drop it and somehow put his finger on it as it hits the half folly. Exactly. And then someone's gonna I like that's my new rule. I mean, field goal holders for all field goal attempts. Uh, Frankie, what crime would you like the world's leading cyber police to investigate for you? Oh God! No comments. Next. I can't, Your Honour. Uh, the defence rests. Okay. If, oh. I, if I if I speak, I am in big trouble. <laughs> I prefer not to speak. Yeah. And and on point here, Michael Murray says, "Can we hire Seabolt's cybersecurity squad to track down whoever started the King Gutho and bring them to justice?" <laughs> well, we know who started it. Mm. That I'm not sure they could find that either with a quick Google. Um. And he said, only stats in the NRL kept on weather conditions. How much influx of points be attributed to warmer weather? There is weather conditions that, like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's stat. I have those stats. Um, I don't have them in front of me, though. But, yeah, all ground that condition. Stuff was, all that stuff was kept at Fox, too. So, like, when we archived games, yeah. um, back when I was still working there, um, every game was archived for weather. Um, yeah. And, obviously, the reason for that would be, like, I want a, I want to, I want to, 
uh, all the shots of Jonathan Thurston kicking at a night game in Townsville in the rain. Oh, here are your 146 clips. So then when yeah. they go, oh, well, Jonathan Thurston's actually got a very good record at kicking at Townsville at night in the rain. Um, we can yeah, show him kicking. And, oh, here's a funny one of him falling over. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, I think I have a feeling that Rugby League Project might have a lot of those details as well. Yeah. Maybe not, um, maybe not like temperature and stuff, but definitely I seem to have a feeling they have a lot of, t- uh, of like ground condition stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, as you mentioned, the influx of points should be to warmer weather. I'm not sure on that one, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and he also says, you have the auxiliary cord for the NRL team you support in the sheds before kickoff. What Rage Against the Machine track are you cranking? Um, for my team? Are yeah. there any songs about like... Um, God, you think Griffin's playing Rage Against the Machine? But come on. Balls <laughs> uh, on Parade, come on. What are we doing here? Good song. Oh, good shout. Um, Gorilla Radio. Before the game, you reckon? Yeah. Um, I like you want to turn that shit up. I like Born of a Broken Man. Mm-hmm. Chorus mm-hmm. goes hard. So that could be my pump up song too. Yep. But, uh, yeah. I think Bulls on Parade is a pretty good one for the pre-match fire up. Yeah. But in the fair ding department, you're not playing anything except P. Diddy's Come With Me before a big finals game. <laughs> what, about, what about P.O.D.'s Boom? No, 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 no. no. Dale. It's finals. It's a prelim final time when you hear "Come with Me" by P Diddy at Ains at Stadium. I don't what make about, the rules. Uh, it just is. What about um? And if you don't know what that song is, you do know what it is. It's do do. What about <laughs> Fuck to death. He, he sampled the beat from "Cashmere" by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and, and they played before every finals game. You've everywhere heard it. in every sport ever. Yeah, and you would be, actually. Yeah, definitely heard. I reckon a lot of them don't know it's P Diddy "Come with Me" though. Is it Puff Daddy at that point? By the no. Way. Was it, no, he was P. Diddy when he dropped that? I don't know. I think he's Puff Daddy at that point. I don't know. Who cares? One of the name changes. Okay, mm. next question. Up. Liam says, I find the culture of Nazi rugby really confusing. Can you explain why 16-year-old draw is considered a good outcome for anyone involved? I will say, like, I watched the end of that and I was pretty entertained. Yeah. Who knew? But also, also... I was confused why no one kicked a drop goal. And also, um, I mean, I get why Australia gave up at the end, but I'll tell you what, Quay Cooper wouldn't have given up. He'd have kicked it out. He'd kicked crossfield, sorry, for Digby Iwani and gone um, the exact could, length of Also, off, off game topic, but like, how good was it seeing a crowd? That was weird, but yeah. it was good. There were 31,000 um, at, at the tin. So, so um, yeah, in a shameful upbringing, one of my many upbringing shames, I was Union and Lee growing up. So I do occasionally still watch from a union despite yeah. loving, hating the sport. And I like shitting on it every time. And this is a great time to shit on it as a draw. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there was definitely elements in that last eight minutes. They're firstly entertaining, but secondly, uh, why I find the sport less entertaining than rugby league. Like again, how many times do people fuck up in clutch moments and just get away with it? Mm. Like the, the Wallabies on their line. Don't setting for drop goals hard in union. It's harder than league because there's no 10 meters. They don't set for drop goal, then they fuck up, turn possession over that should have been a penalty, get away with it. Eight minutes of stoppages that aren't really stoppages, like errors and penalties at the game. Ball, sorry, penalties and the ball stays in, in play. But like both teams bottled that game like four times. Mm. And the draw is getting caught. It's entertaining. I think the other tough part is you watch the entire game. It can be a tough sport in those games because the Wallabies had all the field position and territory and couldn't score fucking points. Yeah. 
and I know it's tactical and you can enjoy it, but it's like that's why it can be a tough game to watch sometimes. You can watch the whole you're like watching the game hoping you get a penalty so you get three points. It's like watching like, it's like watching a low scoring baseball game. And you're kinda of like, Oh yeah, but if he had just bunted there, they could have had another man on. Yeah. And you're like, also, but there's been one home run and I've been here for a week. That's it. It was like, but it's, you hate, you watch your sport and you're praying your team get a penalty. Like, well, we could drop it soon if we don't get a penalty and then we'll yep. lose the ball. Yep. Uh, anyway, over to Twitter for questions. Oh, it does show you, by the way, though, if that's one of the classic Wallabies and All Blacks games of the last 20 years, it shows you how bad those games have been. Yeah. Well, more to the point, how bad the Wallabies have been. Yeah, that's what it's saying. It does. Anyway, RCB Sharks, an eight-point swing off a missed goal is about as paramount as it gets. What do they need to do to go from also-rans to where they want to be? Con, anyone got any more thoughts? Kind of touched on that one. I think we've touched on that one. Just want to reiterate, Semi Radraja coming back would be cool. A lot of calls for Arthur's head. How do you feel about that one? Premature. Yeah. I don't know. What are you going to do? You've got to have a plan if you're going to get rid of your coach. Yeah, that's that was just, that was you can't just problem. have a. I mean, I know that, that, that you can't be as successful as they were, and then sort of just punt the coach without a, a contingency plan. But also, like, like they were successful. Well, it's, like, um, what's their what's their ceiling? Like, did did the club think that this is their ceiling, or are they like you have to win a premiership next year or you're gone? I think it's like looking the, for premiership the, the next alternative is. Who? But uh, that's one. Of the, I wouldn't even say the alternative is who. It's just more the fact that like they're still hitting the top, like their top four this year. Last mm. year, they're fifteen wins, fifteen wins, wooden spoon, and then twenty sixteen wins before that. He's been there a long time too. One hundred and seventy games now. Long time it to feels, be there. It does feel weird, like you saying but, that he's been there for one hundred and seventy games. Like, it but, really feels like he's only been there for about two seasons. Yeah, but I I, I wouldn't be anti replacing him, but I just don't think. Two bites at the cherry, which were the last few years, uh, two years really are, is enough bites at the cherry. Mm. You know, if they go again next year and they finish fourth again, and then maybe that's when I start looking at something. But don't go big brain it and do a Broncos and Seabold it. You know, don't go, oh, well, we look, we're good enough. Let's go to the next level. That's it, that rarely often works out when you do that kind of thing, punt a top, co- you know, when you're the top four and you punt the coach. Uh, next question from RCB Sharks. He says, will the clubs not playing at stadiums like SFS2, Bankwest and ANZ eventually just fall by the wayside due to their crap grounds? I no. Mean... No. Fall by the wayside is a bit harsh mm. um, because the two Sydney teams, Sydney specific teams, who don't play at the big at least play some of their games at the big stadia on the grounds like Penrith don't play many games at Bankwest or Homebush and the Sharks eventually won't be playing many games. They won't be playing at Cogra after next year, but they own Endeavour Field. So like, why would they need to move? They're not paying rent to anybody. The question becomes, um, will those teams not necessarily fall by the wayside, but will those grounds fall by the wayside? Will places mm-hmm. like Campbelltown, Leichhardt, Cogra, Brookvale, will they fall by the wayside or will we still keep this kind of like rose-tinted glasses? Um, Small suburban grounds are better because that's where my dad took me and where my my granddad took my dad and that kind of thing. Um, But I think NRL fans need to... We spoke about this last week in Question Time, I believe, about uh, NRL fans needing to be realistic with crowds. 
it's also that NRL fans have to be realistic with um, facilities because the choice to me has always been about you get really nice things once or you get sort of nice things lots. It's, you know, it's like going on holiday. Do you go balls to the wall? You go for the five-star hotel for a week yes. or do you backpack around Europe for three months? You know, you have to, we have, there's, there's positives and negatives. I, I, I like suburban grounds, but I don't think every game needs to be played there. No. Had a I kicking am. tea? No, it's not, but it's a long story, but they're parts uh, of my d- car okay. <laughs> that came today. Right. <laughs> I am a, uh, Bought, recently bought a, a used car and I'm using the opportunity to learn some things. I fixed a power window. I've uh, replaced the stereo. These are water covers for the speaker. So the speaker, like I'm putting up a new speakers in the car, not making mm. it doof doof or anything, but putting some water covers as well. That's so, disappointing. No, well, it's, it's going to be Anastasia's car long run. So. I want I want to hear Anastasia smashing the Russian hard bass mm-hmm. music, <laughs> smash, smashing down the, uh, down the Wurring Freeway or wherever she's going. Okay, Pat Lawrence twenty six says one for Bungard, Bennett or Bielsa. <laughs> Patty, my boy, you, you can't do this to me. Um, I, fear, I fear he has. He has. All right, it is. It's Marcello, Unfortunately, sorry. yeah. I'm sorry, Mitch, but it's Marcelo Bielsa. Um, that'd, be, that'd be sorry to me. Wayne, Wayne's been great for Souths in two years, but a Michael Maguire was the one that broke the premiership drought, and b. Um, they were still good in 2018 before Wayne came in 2019. And I, I was always a fan of Wayne Bennett and I always will be. And I've, I've loved having him at Souths. And if he wins a premiership here, he will further cement his already confirmed legacy as the greatest coach of all time. But Marcelo Bielsa transformed Leeds United Football Club from a basket case into the envy of the entire footballing world. So The envy was, of the entire footballing world? Man, they played Man City off the park last week. And the, the Leeds have... Gal- because... Leeds have such a massive fan base. They managed to galvanize both the sort of common man and also all the stat nerds that like froth over XG and stuff like that because Leeds are just so different to everybody else in terms of what they do and how they approach the games and their pace mm-hmm. and their frantic nature. Um, he's a one of... They're both one-of-a-kind managers, but Bielsa's impact on Leeds has been, in such a short time as well, has been so transformative for a, a, a city and a, ta- and a football club that was struggling for so long. Um, and so as much as I love Wayne Bennett, it's Marcelo Bielsa. Now, if you had to ask me to pick between Marcelo Bielsa and John Harbour, that would be harder. That would be tough. Yeah. Didn't, he's kind of insane, isn't he, old Bielsa, before he got to your lot too. I remember like him being picked as like moving, you're moving to a big club like a decade ago, maybe yeah. like Philly or so. But didn't he have like two years stints at heaps of clubs and like he left? He like, is he incredibly, yeah. he's a very idiosyncratic principled man who also happens to be football's greatest genius. So basically he's left clubs when he's had promises broken to him by boards and when uh, he was told he would get this much for transfers and didn't get it or for a variety of reasons or just when he feels like his time has, has come. But he's, he's well remembered by all of these clubs that he's managed before. I mean, New, mm-hmm. he was the coach at Newell's Old Boys in Argentina for only three years, but this stadium's named after him. Um, uh, and, he, and he's well loved by uh, fans in both France and uh, and Spain for the clubs that he managed there. Yeah. And I, I seem to I think, think that Bielsa, where, where he took Newell's, he took uh, Newell's to their first Libertadores title yeah, or something like that. Right. Yeah. But he was only there for, as you say, he was only there for three years. Like he was at Marseille for two years, the... eighteen months, two years, and like that. Obviously, they cha- completely changed the way that they play. But also, like he was just. Uh, a complete madman and supposedly incredibly difficult to deal with. 
I, I'm, I won't I won't tell them on here, but anyone could go. Anyone if they feel so inclined could go and read some stories about him. Like some hooligans came to his house to threaten him because the team wasn't doing well, and he he came out holding a hand grenade and said he'd pull the pin if they didn't leave. Um, he um big di- big dick energy there. Just yeah, hundred percent. And he's just um yeah, he's still loved by everyone in Chile because he's widely credited with turning that 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 country around in terms of their national setup. Um. He re- yeah, didn't, he, didn't he leave that re- one? Didn't he resign Chile because he threatened if they made someone like the boss of Chile in football that he'd leave? And they did, and he did leave. Yep. <laughs> he's a very, he's a very, very principled man. He he he, and he's just found a perfect home at Leeds, where he has basically complete autonomy over all aspects of the football club. The the city loves him, the fans love him, um, and, and it's it's he's he's yeah uh what he's done for Leeds over the last couple of years can't be really explained and really can't be replicated in a sport like rugby league or nfl where there's a salary cap and there's expected turnover and stuff like that like yeah. Leeds was shit for so long he did turn up like i do know i don't know all the stories of the last two clubs i do know like you when you say um every club loves him i think Lazio's fans probably hate him he was there for like was he there for like a week two days two days yeah <laughs> <laughs> so- they're still in court they're still in court, so I know it's something to do uh, with like. Sorry, no, he, he's being. I think he's being sued by either, or he, he's in court with either Lil or Lazio. Dale, you should know that. Uh, I think it's Lazio. Because if I remember correctly, he left. He left, didn't he? Go. He leave Lil to go to Leeds. No, no, no. It's it's still Lil. Yep. So. Yeah. Uh, he apparently uh is set. He's got a legal battle. Uh, where he, a legal battle. He claimed eighteen million euros in unfair dismissal. <laughs> Which the court dismissed yeah. as unreasonable. <laughs> and now he's claiming twelve million for gross remuneration for moral image and career damage, two hundred fifty thousand euros for loss of luck, and <laughs> just a bunch of nonsense. It's incredible. He's the greatest man on earth. Um, I hope that answers your question, Patty. But uh, yeah, that the last year one is something. I remember that being like he quit because he signed with them and they said they were going to sign some players. They didn't, yeah. and he quit. It was like that was like a, like a week, like two days. You said I didn't know it was that quick. It's like Man. you have to sign these guys by tomorrow. I quit the day after, and they go, "Oh, yeah. sure." And then <laughs> I do yeah. like that though. I, I like the empty, the not empty threats. They are loaded threats from from Marcello. <laughs> Uh, Danny Boy 1995 biggest sporting surprise of 2020 Penrith's minor premiership or Bungard's ability to make it to week six in our guillotine league uh, uh, Danny's been sledging me all year um, but you know just just a little engine that could still chugging along the people's team both in both in both Souths and my guillotine fantasy league team <laughs> um, I do want to mention that Pat Lawrence did, did send us a long message this week if you remember, there's a one of my own quotes, like almost a famous quote on the podcast when I said, "Family is temporary and premierships are forever." Correct. And he and uh, he didn't take my advice that day, and he just he sent us a long message. Interesting that um that his daughter did uh did pick the the bunny the dragons with her. Him, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, she could have been a bunnies fan. She's a dragon. Yeah, fan. but so so Patty, so his both his brothers and I think I can't remember. I think. Don't hate me, Patty. I'm sorry. Both his brothers are also Souths fans. We celebrated together after Souths won the grand final in 2014. I can't remember if both his parents are Souths fans or if one of them is a Dragons fan, but Pat is a Dragons fan. And so, yeah, I mean, it's his kid. So congrats to him for for, for winning that battle. Well, he kind of, but he lost as well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like those things, you know, do you want 
better things for your kid or them to just go through your same struggles? I don't know, man. I mean, I had to... I I went through this as a kid. Souths were awful my entire life, but I wouldn't trade going for them for anyone else. So it, It's quite funny. My, one of my good friends growing up, my best mate in high school, they had a, a family of eight, so the parents and six kids. And the dad was a devout South fan. And I came into their life at what I was like 11 or 12. And I was the same age as the eldest. And they, the other five were alive as well. So they had all the way down to like, oh, we were 12. And there was one down to like two years old when I first met them. And I was a Broncos fan. And the Broncos are riding pretty high early thousands to 2005, 06. I converted all bar one of them to Broncos fans. Oh, you monster. <laughs> never, never been to Queensland. Those poor dickheads had to explain it the rest of their lives while they're Broncos fans. One of them actually changed when he got older. He was smart enough to go back to South. Smart, because but, since then, that's have won a premiership. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know now. They might have changed since. I've kind of not really t- in touch they, with the family last decade. An unlimited amount of time, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah they should not be. None of them should be Broncos fans. And cheering for Queensland True. origin because I was not smart. Don't like uh, it. Next question comes from Butsy Triple Eight. Given Flacco had more passing and rushing yards and a th- and three and threw less picks than Lamar, can we now agree that the Ravens made a mistake? Well, I mean, it's <laughs> tough to argue with that, Butsy. It really is. Is <laughs> um, only I did it. Sorry, before you continue, I, I did enjoy at one point on NFL Red Zone on Saturday on Monday morning. I was watching and it was double box Lamar Jackson in the red zone on one side and Joe Flacco in the red zone on the other, and it was right. prime oh, time, prime time bunga. Oh. Amazing. Uh, the Sut Bus says, what player matchup are you looking forward to most and why is it Leota versus Nichols? That's a game-deciding matchup, Great mate. question. Mm. <laughs> Take it seriously. It's those, it's yeah, those he's 20 right, minutes. They'll actually, the, the 20 they'll actually tackle minutes, each mate. other. So, um, can it, do, do we, I mean, that is obviously the correct answer, but if I had to choose another one, um, I probably, I mean... Coruscant has basically been the heartbeat of that Penrith team all year, and the not the only knock on Damien Cook's glittering last few years in first grade has been his ability to get it done at this time of the season. And whilst he has been great in the last two weeks, obviously a prelim is another step up for him. And so, I'd be keeping an eye on uh, Coruscant and Cook would be would be my answer to that question. Yeah, and Good I'm answer. actually surprisingly keen on seeing Stephen Crichton out on the, on the left hand side. Hmm. You know, I mean, any Crichton matchup is good, but he's on Gang Gag Eye. Could be an Orange matchup. Hmm. Uh, next question comes from 87 underscore Cam Luap. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's Paul Mack. It's Paul it's Mack. Paul Mack, yes. Did he, did he, did he, it's happened? Paul Mack backwards. If it, did he have, he got a burner now, does he? He got, he got, um, he, he sent us, he, he explained this. He, <laughs> okay. He, um, he had, a, he had an incident. Me. He uh, had an incident. Uh, which okay. we won't read on air, but yes, that's well, Paul Mac eighty seven. No, oh, long time, long time listener, Paul Mac. Yeah, a big account. fan of Paul Mac, and I've not found uh, my bad there. He says, "Do you think George Williams has done enough to dispel the English backs can't cut it in the NRL myth?" Um, no. If he does it next year, I'll 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 bring it to the table. I mean, it, it's kind of it's it's always I guess kind of I guess slightly silly to suggest that like. We should just have a blanket rule where they're always going to fail or they're always going to succeed if they're X, Y, Z. But like, I mean, he's very still, very much still an outlier. Like, he's been quite mm. good for Canberra, but there's still a litany of guys who've come over and failed to make an impact. So, mm. I, I obviously, obviously, you should never like not sign a guy who sets Super League on fire because oh, you know, ten years ago Chris Thorman was shit or whatever. But um, I, I would still be slightly apprehensive going forward 
like recruiting from the Super League and having the expectations that guys will be as good when they come over here. Although George Williams has been great. It's, it kind of reminds me of my early time watching the English Premier League in early thousands talk of like how South American footballers can't do it in England. Yeah. It's like, oh, just because, you know, one Sebastian Veron sucked dick doesn't mean there's not good. We can't be. Yeah, the Carl other guys Tevez turned good. out all right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, true. I, it, I remember it blew my mind when like Lucas Leiva was the first Brazilian player to play for Liverpool. And that was like the mid 2000s. It was like, man, football's been around true? forever. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. It's like football's been around forever. Liverpool being good forever. And Lucas Leiva is the first Brazilian to play for Liverpool. Like 2000. I can't remember now, but when wow. I heard that, it was like blew my mind. Him and um, Fabio Aurelio, the first couple. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, but that's there was probably English football, you know, you know, just saying like yeah, over here. Get it in the mixer, mate. I wouldn't, I don't like calling him an English back because he's a half. If you get me, he's not really a back, but I, I just, it doesn't dispel the myth. You need a couple of guys to do that. You know, hmm. English forwards yeah. have always been good here, so that helps. And we'll let dumb ones like Luke Thompson hasn't looked good yet, but he has a chance next year. We'll let those slide, but there, there hasn't been, you know, it's what from George Williams back. 30 years for the last good English backy. Oh, no, sorry. Justin Carney. Sorry, not Justin Carney. Brian Carney was good here. Mm. One year. Uh, anyway, next question from him. Do you think the format and intensity of a Ferrex season is the reason why we're seeing so many injuries in NRLW? Uh, the reason that you're seeing so many injuries is because they're not professional athletes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... Yeah. And there would have been... as You you kind of touched it about the, the, the short period and intensity, but it's also... And it happened in the NFL a bit this year. It's like that long period of not having high intensity, having a shorter training window to get into it, and then having to click into high intensity. They've basically had three pre-seasons. Like, yeah. it's mad. And as you said, they're not professional athletes either, but they haven't had any time for other sports being on. They are, like, a lot of them have used to play multi-sport and then come join. The pre-season was short. Hmm. I'm not a doctor. I'm not NRL physio, but NRL boom rookie physio, Dale Roots, had the answers. <laughs> I, I, I listened to uh, I listened to the uh, New South Wales NPLW this week, uh, Sydney Uni v Manly, and the, the coach Chris Williams, who who coached Manly, um, he said that they actually started their preseason. I think it was October. Th- it was the first week of October last year. They started their preseason, and they just finished the grand final. So, like Manly got knocked out in Manly didn't make the finals last year in NPLW in New South Wales, um, and the final last year was in the last week of September from memory. Um, so like they had four weeks off and then they went straight into preseason. And obviously a lot of these players will have done something similar with like, if they had been playing for like in Tasha Gale, if they had been playing in the New South Wales comp, um, but they, they, they would have had the preseason then in, in November, December, January, then they would have had a break. There's been no footy. And then any footy that has been going on, they would have had a preseason for that. And now they've had another preseason for NRLW. So it's kind of understandable why, like why the, having to go from zero to a hundred and getting hurt. That said, I mean, some of the injuries that we've seen have been pretty unlucky. I mean, like that Isabel Kelly one. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the final question. Yes. Final question comes from Harvey G over on Twitter. Now saw a rumor today about a mooted night eels player swap. Mitch Pierce, Mitch Moses. Is there any truth to the rumor? You can I ask why it is it rugby league clubs. We love to do th- things to, hurt us constantly sorry love think love do things to hurt us constantly and what do we do to deserve it <laughs> um well i mean harvey he i think his alternative is he doesn't want any of these <laughs> he doesn't want pierce moses they don't want either of those guys 
I don't think there's any credence in that swap, right? No, me neither. I can't see either of them Why gaining. You... Yeah, I don't get it. Bungard, any takes? Um, I reckon it'd be all right for Newcastle. I think Moses would have enough foils around him that it wouldn't all fall on him to be the guy in every big spot. So I would do that 100% if I was the Knights. Isn't, I wouldn't that, do the it same quote, isn't that the same knock that we've had on Pierce, though? Yeah, I think but I'd rather is, have. No, I think Moses is much better than Pierce at this point in their careers. I'd rather have Pierce, Moses as well. I yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I would one million percent do that if I was a Knights fan. Like, absolutely do that for sure. Um, I know they don't like the guy, and he's he, he's a bit of a meme player, and he's a bit of a a guy that fans struggle to warm to. But like, he's still an above average halfback. And if you have if you have quality around him, and, and we talked about Para really needing one more strike weapon, uh, the the Knights. Attacking wise, probably do have a little bit more strike, and they will. Uh, I don't know. I would definitely do that if I was Paramount, uh, if I was Newcastle, and not if I was Paramount. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right. That's it. That's all the questions. Oh, what a wild ride! All right, um, we will see you next week after the preliminary finals. Um, we are thinking of doing a podcast every day next week. Let us know if you think that is a good idea. Depending on who wins next week, we we'll might have a Patreon special. For I mean, if, and if well. South lose, we'll get no podcast for the rest of the time. Oh, there'll be zero yeah, podcast. There may be no podcast. <laughs> um, there may be no podcast ever again. Yeah, we, we make. Oh, look, I mean, I've posted through prelim losses the last two years, Dale, so I can do it again. It's fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm worried so about we'll you lamp, lamp posting through one last week, last year. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, we'll see how that goes and we'll see how the weekend goes. So thank you all again for listening. Um, feel yeah. free to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash NRLRookies. Give us an iTunes review if you haven't already done so. And say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Yay. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. Two more wins. Bye.